All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 295. The NBA season is less than a week away. We have a couple preseason takeaways that we want to talk about. The over-unders are out on all the NBA teams. Drew selected six specific teams that we're going to debate. James Harden still isn't with the 76ers, and the Clippers are not budging on Terrence Mann. And Joel Embiid is about to sign with one of the most random shoe brands for basketball. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 295. We are getting ever so close to that coveted 300th episode, Drew. We are we're sniffing the 300. I want to do something phenomenal for that episode. I, I, I don't necessarily know what we're going to do. I want to throw a freaking party. My memory this <laughs> morning was our watch party from five years ago where I came home with a backboard and I don't, I don't remember know. where that came from. And it ended up in my living room. That was a fun night though. Very fun night. That was a nice long night. We had uh, two games. We had some tacos and beer, I remember. And then, yeah, we, that, that lasted way into the wee hours of the morning that particular evening. And yeah, somebody brought a custom hoop to, <laughs> to the, to the party, which was incredible. Uh, and I think it had your name on it, right? Didn't have clips on it. It had clips 555 on it. I'm just so glad there's like a visual evidence. I love memories. I look at our memories, my memories every single day just to see what we were talking about on the show, what episode right. we dropped. And then that stuff popped up. It was awesome. But, you know, before we get to this 300th episode, I was doing some research. I thought it'd be fun um, just to put things in perspective to show people like, it may not seem like a lot of episodes to you guys, but to us, we've been doing this. This is this is our seventh season doing it. Um, it feels like we we should have 500, 600 episodes, but <laughs> including our you know our uh, emergency podcast and our Patreon stuff that we did, we're up there in numbers. But I thought it'd be interesting, Drew, to give some numbers to you about podcasting. So, ninety percent of podcasts don't get past what episode, Drew? What episode do ninety percent of podcasts? get to 10 three. Oh boy three is the number that's 1.8 million who quit of the 200,000 left 90 percent will quit after 20 episodes that's another 180,000 gone to be in the top one percent of podcasts in the world you only need to publish 21 episodes of your podcast Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty much what they say. The top. How 1%. many people are starting podcasts with just like on a whim? I mean, They're... how many drunken nights were like we're starting a podcast and then they start it that night? Like they're ambitious enough and mm -hmm. maybe not as drunk as to be completely passed out. They start it. They do one episode. They try it for a second episode and they just call it quits. I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. Well, because they wake up in the morning, they're like, "What? We didn't get forty thousand downloads. This sucks." <laughs> You know, it, it takes I don't know if it's, I really don't know if it's that or like if it's if it is mostly like this ambitious thing that happens. It's almost like anytime you're at a bar 
at like 1.30 and there's always a guy going like, dude, we should start a business. Like we're we're definitely starting a business or we're starting a band. You know what I mean? Like those, I feel like that happens all the time. I just feel like now podcasting is potentially the new outlet for that kind of conversation. There's like 4 million podcasts out there that are at least in the, the, the ethos in the ecosystem or whatever um, (laughs) of people that have started and failed. So the whole point of that is just saying that, you know, kind of pat ourselves on the back. We've been doing this a really long time and and getting to 300 episodes is impressive. And we appreciate everybody that's been with us along for the ride. We appreciate the new people that are joining us and it's just going to get better this season. We're all amped. We have our, our basketball season legit starting a week from today. The Clippers play, it would be in a week ago last night, Tuesday when Lakers Denver, less than a week. It's crazy. Less than a week until Lakers play their first game, bro. I don't, I, where did the summer go? <laughs> it went it went by pretty fast for me, dude. It sure did. It sure did. And I and, and I'm stoked to be back. Um, we've actually had some really good preseason games. You know, yeah. I want I wanted to start the show with a couple preseason takeaways uh that we that we got to see. A couple stood out to me. First was, you know, we finally got to see Wembo. We had these, yeah, you know, obviously crazy expectations for Wembo uh with all the hype that he's had and you know kind of disappointing in the summer league we didn't get to see him much uh a lot of people were had you know things to pick out about his offense his defense and everything like that and then the other night we get to see Wimbo play and it's like oh shit that Mm -hmm. that that's what everybody's talking about I mean this guy it's a legit video game I know we said it over and over again but what this guy can do that the dunks he was doing the just how long and athletic his handle his his touch around the rim and just to to grasp him being seven three, supposedly maybe even seven five, they're talking right. about, um, was just really impressive. And I think that we're going to see a lot of this this year. I mean, everybody's going to be following him. He's going to be on, yeah. uh, you know, highlight reels every single night. But damn, watching him was like that. This can't be real. Yeah, the alley oop really sealed the deal. I think for most people, where he kind of he didn't really jump that high. He kind of jumped like out. He jumped right. toward like it was almost like a like a long jumper kind of a jump where he just jumped. He's so tall and he just jumped towards the rim and like put his hands up and was able to dunk the basketball. And I think that's the stuff that it kind of feels like a glitch in the matrix when you watch him do that. It's almost like, wait a second, like what what was that? And it was super cool. And at the same time, you're almost I'm almost like off put by it. I'm like, wait a second. What I don't I don't I don't like that. I kind of don't Is like that easy. Yeah. Right. And the, and the lob was I mean what what kind of a pass was that? It was maybe Horrible. the worst. Lob short, 6 feet short of the rim. It, no other player I think maybe other than the most athletic of our NBA like Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, maybe those guys could have no. brought that home. But Wembo just kind of cruised straight through to it. It was very interesting to watch that unfold. Uh but Dude, I, the guy's going to be good, right? I mean, like, the, this is the funny part about all of our conjecture. Like, our, where, how is he going to look? Is he tough enough? All that shit. I mean, he's going to get banged up. And the answer to the question to all those things is yes. He's amazing. He is tough enough. He's going to get better. He's skilled. And he's going to get beaten up. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him battle. I think especially in the first couple seasons as the league tries to get their licks in as quickly as they possibly can because there's going to come a time here i truly believe if if he can avoid injury where i don't know how quick it's going to be but let's just call it five years where he's not going to be the pushover that he might be 
at this stage in his career right now. So I think you're going to see a lot of guys try and yam one on his head nice and early, the same way that it, guys, you know, did that to Dwight Howard coming out of high school. Like a lot of guys were like trying to go at Dwight, even though he was a very formidable uh, rim protector. Uh, you know, shout out to Kobe Bryant. I mean, one of the greatest all time tea bags in game history sure. is Kobe on Dwight Howard. So uh, I think we're going to get a couple tea bags clips. I mean, just to, just to not keep it PG rated, bringing out tea bags here uh, as we as we get a week away. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. And Wembo's firing me up. I think the sad part is, though, I still go back to the fact that I don't think this team's going to be very good. They're not. So they only have, you know, 11 or 12 uh, nationally televised games this season. So you, you'll get to catch a glimpse of him from time to time, maybe once a month. It sounds like maybe, you know, maybe once or twice a month you'll get to watch. But to watch more of that, you're going to have to, like, tap into League Pass. And I intend to get so. League Pass. I, I mean, yeah, for everyone that's listening, if you listen to our podcast, you probably deserve to have League, pa- League yes. Pass in your life. Uh, but I I don't know, man. I, I'm – I think I'm the most excited about him as a prospect, and I'm really excited, hopefully, to see his journey. Right? Uh, no health problems is my as we all cross the fingers and knock on wood. I just want to see him grow. I think it's going to be remarkable. I just don't know how, like, once this cat gets maybe like that midi hook, like how you stop that at all. Right. And you know, going back to that alley oop, I think even the greatest in game dunkers of all time, even if it's Vince or Blake, or even Gerald Green, like, they're not catching that, dude. And you're so right that it was such a bad pass, and it made it look so good. But maybe Wembo's just like, yo, bro, you know what people always say? Oh, man, just throw it up, I'll get it. Wembo's the guy that you can actually just throw it up there, and I'll get it. And also, there's, like, this this fantasy of, like, shit, can you imagine if he had somebody like a CP3, like a a, a younger (laughs) CP3, uh, just to have throwing lobs to him all day? It's going to be great. They are going to be bad, but it's going to be yeah. fun to watch him. Uh, another guy we got to watch last night, uh, we got to see our, our Magic and, and Zion playing, and Zion was phenomenal. He was he he was getting hands in passing lanes. He had a couple bang outs, and I was impressed with his motor and his go, and, and just, you know, we get to see how good this guy is, but also, Drew, there were a couple things of, like, on those dunks, it looked like he wasn't giving getting up as high as we're used to seeing. <laughs> when he went to the bench after that first quarter, I was watching him. They had the camera on him for like a good 15, 20 seconds, and he was huffing oh, wind. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. huffing wind. Like that, that, that huffing where you can't even talk huffing. Like he was right. being talked to. <laughs> yeah. And all he all it's he like did when was I go up the at, stairs three times in a row. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All I saw, he like pointed to the towel boy, like towel, towel, because he needed, he was huffing. <laughs> So get him some oxygen. What are we doing out here? I mean, they listed it. They said he was going in at 285. And I'm like, I don't know, man. He looks a little bigger than that. It's yeah. just good to see Zion healthy yes. and how good they can be when all the BI was playing, you know, the minus Trey Murphy, everybody was on the floor. But I don't know, man. Some something looked a little different about Zion. Yeah, I'm with you, and I noticed it as well. But here's what I'll say is I think we're we're probably in the ramp up phase, right? Like it's still early days. I know the, 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 the regular season starting before we know it, but I do think he can, he can kind of play himself into shape here a little bit. It's not what you want really though, based on how much time off he's already had in this whole off season, but he has had a major, major life change. He's a father now. So maybe that has, you know, hindered some of his, uh, you know, on court regiment 
right? Which is normal. Like maybe he's not sleeping very well because maybe the baby's, you know, not sleeping very well or, or has weird hours. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here because I, I'm with you. There was a lack of explosiveness that we have seen in the past out of Zion in these games and especially in that one where he did have a couple breakaways. But I also think he's jogging out there. We have to right. remember that it is preseason and especially for the big dogs on each team, they're not always going to go even 90% as hard as they would in a regular season game, which is usually about 90% as hard as they go in a playoff game, right? So like we're really several tiers down the road, down the line here on the preseason. I will say if in the regular season, let's just give it, you know, uh, 10 games for Zion. If in 10 games, we're still seeing some of this lack of explosiveness, uh, and certainly if we're still seeing him huffing and puffing after five minutes on the court, then we're, we'll probably have some cause for concern. But for right now, I think I'm just going to take it with a grain of salt and just say it's preseason. And he probably was like, I don't need to jump as high as I can. And maybe there might even be, I'll go as far as this. There might be a mandate that you do not, <laughs> you do not go a hundred percent right now for Zion. So that's also well, possible. And mind you, we're saying lack of explosiveness as far as <laughs> Zion's explosiveness goes. Yeah, I mean, there on are, the scale of Zion. Explosive. Right. Right, right, like correct, what we're correct. used to seeing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not hating at all. He was still dominant in that game. He had a couple really great moves to the left. I mean, he was again hands in passing lanes, stealing balls. He's strong as hell. There's one on one. I think it was the the alley oop one that he started the break with yeah. uh, a steal. You see in the bottom corner, like Jalen Suggs goes in trying to steal the ball from him and gets laid out. Yeah. Like laid out by Zion, <laughs> and Zion didn't even notice it. Like this guy did right. a complete 360, just touching. And Suggs him. was a a All American football player for everyone right. out there. He was an All American football basketball star in high school. Could have gone to play football anywhere. Uh, Jalen Suggs was, and he bounced off of that dude like like all of us would most likely. But this is part of the thing I like about Zion, though, is I do think this performance in particular came off of the back of uh, him getting crossed up by Paolo Bancaro. Uh, and that went viral and Paolo got a yam, even though it wasn't, he didn't dunk on Zion. It was like, everyone was like talking about Paolo, Paolo Bencaro crossed Zion it was like a headline mm-hmm. viral video. And I think he took that a little bit to heart and was like, well, you know, that we're not gonna let this, we're not gonna let this slide. And I love that competitive nature about him because, uh, you know, Paolo Bencaro, not dissimilar to Zion power forward, number one, overall pick both went to Duke. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think Paolo, he won Rookie of the Year. He's, he's feeling the bravado He on Team USA, where Zion, well, Zion has not done what mm-hmm. Paolo's done already in that regard. So I do think there might be a little bit of a rivalry developing between these guys, and I, I'm all for it. And I think potentially Paolo may have opened a can of worms here. Uh, and I don't mean, like, there was any disrespect. He, he made a nice move. He crossed him up. But I think Zion, part of the reason I like him so much is he gets that kind of fiery competitiveness going it lacks far too often for me, like where he doesn't have that in a game. So it was nice to see that flare up a little bit, even in this preseason. And just seeing B.I. and him on the floor together. We're in year five of this, right? So they played four years together. Can you take a, a guess of how many games they've played together in four years? Together? Yeah. Uh, Which is just shocking. You I'm going to say like 57 games. You think PG and, and, and Kawhi are yeah. bad? <laughs> but nah, they they played it's it's ninety two. They played ninety. I was not that far off. I was that's not that still far. in the span of four years. Like we haven't even been able oh, to yeah. see right. what these guys are capable of doing. And 
you know, there is so much talent on that team. Same with, with Orlando. I've talked about Orlando. We've talked about Orlando enough. Franz looks great. Paolo looks great. There's so much talent on that team. Even Suggs had a good game last night. They got to figure out the guard situation, but just seeing Zion out on the court is just making me happy. And they have all the potential in the world when everybody's healthy on that team. So the other thing that stood out was we finally got to see the new look bucks and Dame made the Dame debut. And I'm going to be honest. I, I, I can't, I'm not used to it yet. Dame doesn't look right in a Bucks jersey. It's really weird in green. So weird. It looks so weird. Um, and he didn't have a great game that first that first night. And it's going to take some time yeah. to get getting used to and whatnot. But there's a couple concerns I have, Drew, and maybe you can talk me off the ledge and whatnot. But watching those games, and again, I understand it's the preseason. This is an appetizer. It's an amused bouge, if you will, for our oh. bougie li- for our bougie listeners out there that even know what an amused bouche is. And you got to say it with that French, that French twang. Yes, that was almost like French Canadian. You had that that little twang in there, a little Montreal amused bouche. <laughs> but that's this is what the preseason is. So, like you said, we're taking it with a grain of salt. But look, look, man, Milwaukee had to give up gave up some real key players to get Dame there and on the court. When you think about it, you, when you, when you got Brooke Lopez and you have Chris Middleton who has not played yet. And this guy, you know, is injury prone. Um, Is he going to be accepting to be playing this third wheel, this, this Chris Bosch, this Kevin love on the Cavs type role, which I think he is because he's a great professional, but we haven't seen all three of them play together. Middleton's a three-time all-star. I'm pretty sure he's made an all NBA team. I'm not, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. I think he has. so those five are looking good, but man, <clears throat> when they were running in the rotational players, I'm like, I, shit, I don't know if this is really like, if one of these guys goes down and if, if history repeats itself, it, one of them will for, for yeah. a period of time and whatnot, sure. I'm looking at the bench. I'm looking at the, uh, the role guys. So I'm going to name some of these guys, Drew. Some of them, I didn't even know who the hell they were on the court. And again, preseason, a lot of guys are on trying to get two ways and whatnot. I'm going to name the whole team. Omari Moore, Josiah Gortman. Don't know who that is. You probably do. Our boy Drew Timmy, right? Timmy. Timmy. He's Ty on the Ty Bucks. Washington. I thought he was on the Nuggets. He's on the Bucks. He's on the Bucks. Nice. We got Ty Ty Washington Jr., who's a hooper. Yeah. Uh, Marjan Bochamp, who is going to have a breakout year this year. He's ready. I think he's going to be the guy that steps up, to be honest. Well, he's going to have to. I think he's ready. Uh, and he's a baller. I'm, yeah. I'm putting him on the list of, okay, he's the guy. You got yeah. Dame Lillard. We got Malik Beasley. We all know what Malik Beasley is capable of and not capable of. Malik is who he is, he's right? Streaky. Streaky. Shoot. Streaky as hell. We got Chris Livingston. We got Bobby Portis. Brooke Lopez. Campaign, who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in the game I watched. This dude. Bro, did you see that? He was throwing like, balls away, like he was being non-aggressive. Uh, it was a strange one for Cam. I think he's still getting his feet underneath him in ooh. Milwaukee. Maybe different sight lines in that stadium than he's used to. It looked like that three-point line was three feet farther back than what he's used to shooting. Not pretty. He was... <laughs> uh, we got Marquise Bolden. We've got A.J. Green, who actually looked okay in the preseason. I liked him. Mm. We got Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, Lindell Wigginton, Robin Lopez, Giannis. Thanasis, Andre Jackson Jr., and Jay Crowder. Look, I'm just saying that when I saw the rotation from the bench, it didn't look like there's a lot going on there. 
Yeah. They're going to really have to figure out once you get into that nine, 10 man rotation, uh, how this is going to work. And also when you have, what do you think? 50 shots at least for, for Giannis and Dame coming tonight. Mm-hmm. Middleton needs to get in. Middleton's a shooter. Middleton's going to have to get 15, 16 shots a night for him to even get wet. So I don't know. It's a little bit of a concern. And we, we had mentioned when the trade went down, like, yeah, this just imagining Giannis and Dame together once they figure it out could be real special. But as we all know, it's going to take at least seven, eight guys to win a championship. But did you notice any of that? Was that concerning to you at all? Not really. I look, I, I think you you actually named about seven or eight guys that I would feel comfortable going into the season with out of the list of guys that you mentioned. The rest of them that most of us don't know, including myself. I don't know a good chunk of those guys uh, off the top of the head. Uh, but I think there is an eight-man rotation that's pretty solid considering the top end of what they have. And, you know, I think something that gets lost in this is how good Brooke Lopez has been. Mm. And when you have... Giannis and Brooke together on the court you have a pretty formidable formidable back line and and Brooke was blocking shots tremendously last year I think that will continue to happen this year and then you have Robin to come in and try the same thing when Brooke needs to go to the bench so the reason I'm bringing this up is because the rotation is important I think they'll tinker and toy with it they have more more opportunities to make a trade if they need to as the season continues to develop uh, and I think they will address something, you know, address any problems that that they're having, especially if someone gets injured, which is your major point. But the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because everyone's talking about the lack of defense from Damian Lillard. And I think having Brooke Lopez there makes that a much easier task. Dame can at the very least pressure up. He doesn't have to worry about whether or not he gets beat. He just can't let guys shoot open, easy shots in front of him. And as a defender, that's like the easiest thing for you to do is to just get aggressive, get up into the guy, make him dribble around you. Um, and then hopefully maybe force a turnover, force him into help. And that's where Brooke Lopez can come into play. I wouldn't be surprised, Clips, if this Bucks team toys with a, with a type of a zone also as well to like ease some of the pressure off of Dame defensively and to potentially prevent some foul trouble from those big guys as we talk about the depth. Foul trouble will be another thing. If they're not very deep and Brooke gets two fouls in the first quarter, or heaven forbid Giannis gets two or three fouls in the first quarter, then we're looking at a pretty interesting scenario. Bobby Portis can fill in, and they have others that can do a good job. Um, But that's just something I I, I was thinking about recently, where I just think Brooke Lopez might actually be the most important cog to, like, the glue to making this work without Drew Holiday, right? And even if Middleton is in and out of the lineup, if you can keep really my three is is like Dame Giannis and Brooke Lopez healthy for the majority of the season, you can look and and say you you have a pretty optimistic outlook for making the finals and and potentially winning a championship. Your Lakers played. You got a couple games from your Lakers. Uh, it was interesting how Anthony Davis said he wants to play eighty two games this this year. I think that's a wishful wishful thinking. I want him to play eighty two games too, clips, but eighty two total after we win the championship. So that means he should be missing right around eighteen, nineteen, twenty games. Ah, so okay, that yeah, way. that makes sense. That makes sense. I would love for him to play eighty two games this year after, including a playoff run with a championship victory. The LeBron caught a lot of flack for eating on the eating on the bench. People found it disrespectful. I think every James season. Worthy, I'm like, I feel like it's I every season someone's making fun of like LeBron eating popcorn or somebody eating. 
He's Peanuts fucking LeBron dogs. James. Let him eat wherever he wants. It's dinner time also. Like it's not like it's not dinner time. He's not playing. He's going to eat something. Let the man eat in peace. Like that's what really what the news cycle is going to be is LeBron eats on the bench. Like get get the hell out of here. I understand. I do he, remember he, he was back. bringing wine. He brought up wine to like the the Warriors wow. game that one time just drinking wine and having that <laughs> underneath the seat like nobody noticed. I'm sorry, uh, dude. That is some goat shit, right? I mean, there. that's incredible. I mean, that that should be problematic. I mean, if he's breaking out Pinot Noir <laughs> on the bench, we might have an issue that that is worth talking about. But if he's having some popcorn or hot dog or chips, whatever the hell he's eating, it's no problems. Um, but I think the the Anthony Davis aspiration of playing 82 games in the season is fantastic, and I I think it's weird too because like it's I it almost means to me him admitting this is that he may have admitted to himself in the past and maybe a small group of others that he was not interested in playing 82 games prior. You know what I mean? Like, why would you need to make that statement? I, Of course, you would love to play 82 games. Wouldn't that always be the case? Wouldn't you always want to be healthy yes. and available? But look, I, I, I hope it is true that he can play as often as possible. I hope we're smart and strategic about the back-to-backs with him. Uh, and and any lingering potential, you know, knocks that he's picked up that can turn into injury. I hope we we'll monitor those closely and I'm sure that we will. But something about Anthony Davis that I wanted to bring up is that Darvin Ham has requested that he shoot six threes a game. And I think this potentially could be uh, a really game-changing thing for Anthony Davis because you know, coming into the Lakers and even I think maybe that first year uh, he was a good three-point shooter. He wasn't spectacular. He was serviceable, and he was a great mid-range shooter. And that has tapered off, you know, after our, our 2020 bubble victory. It's tapered off tremendously to the point where he was, like, second worst, I think, in the last three seasons for a three-point percentage on catch and shoot, um, which is really bad. <laughs> it's like 20-something yeah. 20, 20 percent from three. And it, there was a whole season where he was, like, 13 percent from three, if I'm not mistaken, two years ago. Uh, 13? I think he finished one season at 13 or 18%. I, I'm seeing the three and the eight, so I could be wrong. Maybe I'm jumbling them up in my head. Well, 38 it, and 13 are two totally different things. 13 and 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we would love him to be at 38. I mean, 38 is a is a godsend. We'll win a, we will win a championship if yes. Anthony Davis shoots 38% from three this year. But I like this move from Darvin Ham, despite those percentages. And the reason is, I think something that is so important and really hard to gauge is confidence in the game of basketball. And I think really what Darvin Ham is mandating with the six threes per game, three per half, is n- not necessarily the number. Like, you must shoot six threes or I'm going to be mad at you or you're going to be benched or something. It's not that. It's the uh, the desire for him to feel comfortable, confident, and willing, wanting to shoot those open threes because he gets so many chances at them. The way that we play the pick and roll, the pick and pop, the way that we swing the ball, he gets opportunities for open three pointers a lot in this offense. And I think he needs to feel the confidence that he did in the past once to shoot it when he catches it and he's open. He looks around. He doesn't have to feel hesitant. Oh, I need to get closer because I can't make it shoot him with confidence. And guess what? The percentage will go up. And I think that is potentially a game changer for this Los Angeles Lakers team. Even if Anthony Davis still is at the 25, 28% mark from three, hopefully that will build confidence and he can improve on that throughout the end of the year to where we get into a scenario down the end of the road in a postseason where he's not trying to be nervous about taking a three point shot that he should just catch and shoot with rhythm and put it up. 
Yeah, I think Darvin Ham coming out and saying we it's more like we want you to shoot six. So that that's where the confidence comes from was like, okay, you guys want me to shoot? I'll start shooting these. And um it's gonna be interesting. So what I'm taking away from the Lakers in the preseason is not the LeBron James eating on the bench, but it's the comments that D'Lo had in the post-game presser um, when he mentioned that he he wants to be more like Derek White, right? Like one thing we've always questioned about D'Lo was, was, was his maturity, and it, it just resonated with me. He wants to be Derek White. Derek White makes the most amount – makes the smartest plays, the best plays. <clears throat> He's He just wants to be like Derek White, and I just thought that it resonated with me. He didn't say, I want to be like – Trey Young, I want to be like LeBron. I want to be. I want to be like Derek White. And if more more play pe- people or players would think like that, I think those are good goals for D'Lo. And I thought that was the right thing to say. I was impressed with that. That's something I wasn't expecting coming from from D'Lo. What'd you think of that? I like it. I mean, look, it sounded premeditated, right? I don't think. Do you it think was, so? A little bit. I mean, I don't think he just like was like, I want to play like Derek White when he sat up there. I think he thought about that. And look, if he wasn't aware that people were disappointed with his defense, then he's the most clueless man on the planet. So I've obviously there's one glaring problem for D'Angelo Russell, and it's on the defensive end. So I don't care who the fuck he plays like, if it's Derek White or Derek Rose, I don't care. Play hard defense. That's all I care. Play mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell 100% hard defense, and we'll be able to live with that, I think. And I think this is the problem with him is that he just loses focus so easily on the defensive end. And I agree with his assessment of Derek White. Derek White is always in the in the right spots. He's hustling. He's trying to put his body on the line at all times uh, to make the plays that are important and impactful for the Boston Celtics on the defensive end. Is he the best player on defense that they have? Absolutely not. That's Marcus Smart. So that's an interesting re- – again, it's another weird – like, why wouldn't he say, I want to play like Marcus Smart or, you know, a, a player who just won defensive player of the year? I understand and appreciate uh, tremendously that he has a desire to play better defense. And that, truthfully, is all that matters to me. But saying it in the preseason is lovely. Show me, right? I would have, I would have much rather him just be like, my goal this year is to work on my defense. Answer the question that way. And then show us right. that you're playing defense. Answer the question with your gameplay. Because look, man, the media is asking these questions. Fans may be curious about it. But Darvin Ham is the guy really asking the question. And you, he asked the question in the postseason against Denver, can you play defense? And the answer was no. So we're gonna he's going to ask the question again. We, have, we got a lot of options at guard. <laughs> we're not just stuck with D'Lo like we were last year. We were really kind of hamstrung with you know three options, D'Lo, Schroeder, and and Reeves. I think we have more options this year. Uh, so he can't just assume that he's just going to get the starting role like he was able to assume at the back end of last year. And I think that'll come down to defense. Is he capable of being Derek White defensively? I don't, truthfully, I don't think so. I don't think he's, he's capable of being that impactful on the defensive end. But all I care about is the effort. Show me the effort. And, and guess what? A lot of Laker fans will rally around him if he shows up. So my Clippers are two and one in the preseason. I've been hyped. I've loved every single game. We had Denver last night. Uh, we beat them. Kawhi looked great. PG was on fire. Russell looked phenomenal. And I really thought we were going to get through this podcast without having to bring up the Harden drama and what's going on. And let me just go on record and be official about this. I know I've been on the fence. We've we've had many conversations about the Harden deal and what's going to happen and him being in Los Angeles. I'm officially over it now. 
I don't care what the price is. Even as bad as Norman Powell has been awful, Drew. Norman Powell <laughs> has been playing he's like trying he to go knows, to Philly, huh? He's noticed he he knows I'm getting traded, right? And I love Norman Powell. But I, you know, I, I, I'm, or I'm a realist. He has been absolutely, I don't know what's going on with Norm, but he looks horrible. But the trade talks now, and this is such, such a Harden thing. To do. Harden's played one scrimmage with Philadelphia, which was last Sunday. He hasn't been seen with the team since last Sunday. He missed practice the other day. He missed practice today. He's not even in Philadelphia. He's in Houston. He's only talking to Elton Brand. They ask him B today, like, What's going on with Harden? He's like, maybe he had something to do. Like even Embiid, that's exactly what he said. Maybe he had something to do. They're over you, Harden. Like this guy, and then Maury comes out today and says, well, the Clippers are just are unserious about wanting James Harden. And maybe we are. The good. fact that we're st- good. <laughs> I, I'm glad we're unserious. And the Clippers have been doing their 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 stuff about maybe we'll bring in another team to get them one more pick swap or one more second round. But what what? Maury is asking for we are not willing to do Lawrence Frank came out and told them we do not want to get rid of Terrence Mann Terrence Mann is not on the board so as far as I'm concerned it's looking like okay Norm Powell Marcus Morris will give you the two pick swaps and where we're at at this right now is like look we're in the driver's seat on this yes in 100 in the driver's seat but also the reason why i'm over it and don't want it anymore and i said it on the last show is the chemistry looks great why are we why would we bring in this dude right now a guy that hasn't played a preseason game yet i don't know if he's working out what the hell he's doing in houston we're just going to throw him in to this role and then we're just either going to push terrence Mann to the back or bones who's everybody been been so high on and talking about Kawhi's been raving about him like we we just can't do it right now. I just think it as as much as it's it sounds good. I guess it doesn't even sound good to me. It, I just think it's a bad look. It's a bad move all the way around right now. I don't see how it works. And like we said about Dame going to Milwaukee, I don't want James Harden to get what he wants. You know what I'm saying? Like I just really don't. I don't like how this guy is just look. You should be getting fined every day. You're not with the team. Every day, unless you have some crazy excuse of why you're not there, you are still under contract. You should be practicing with your basketball team. And Shams came out like in the past couple of days and said, you know, Harden's been very professional about everything. No, he hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't been professional about anything. Call, calling your GM out as a liar, demanding all of this shit. You haven't been not showing up to practice or media day or shoot arounds. You are not a good teammate, man. Ride through, ride it until the shit's done. This personal beef between him and Maury is so petty right now. And the fact that Maury is like, oh, we're not serious. Yeah, we're not. We're not serious about it. You know what the joke is? Is how we're going to be able to, to get James Harden for two pick swaps and Marcus Morris. Because right now, there is no way James Harden can go back to Philadelphia ever again. It's the same Ben Simmons thing now, right? Okay. This is Ben Simmons all over again. The bridge is so burnt, you can't even drive back into Philly now. How do you face your teammates, Drew? And then how do you – and this is this is where it gets crazy. Is like maybe in a week or so when he realizes this shit isn't happening, he's like, all right, um, I'll come, I'll come back and play. Right. And then how do you tell Maxi, the guy that's ready to take the point guard role, the guy that's ready to 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 break out that no James Harden's coming back? And then how do you play a guy like that, Drew? 
It's just all fucked up from both different both angles, and I'm over it. And I think James Harden coming to our basketball team will just be will just throw a wrench in whatever plans that we have right now. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't have a lot to add. Right, not much has changed, but I will say it's a good look for you specifically in the Clippers that he James Harden isn't in L.A. He's in Houston. He's not in Philly. We know that he's in Houston. So that's a great look for you and your specific concerns about whether or not he's going to join the team. Uh, I'm exhausted of it. I am so exhausted of it. I don't have anything to add. I feel bad for Daryl Morey to have to deal with this. I feel bad that James Harden made a really poor decision on his own and maybe he was misled. So I feel bad about that. Maybe he was misled to sign this contract extension and maybe there really was some some shifty shit done by Daryl and the Sixers. But I feel bad that both of these parties have seem like, you know, have legitimate grievances against one another. Uh, clearly at this point in time, though, because James Harden did sign the contract, he's clearly the one that's out of bounds. And that can't be ignored. It can't be denied. The Clippers should hope for somebody else to step up. But we might be waiting for a long time for another team to step up and say, fine, I want we want James Harden. I don't know who that team is. We've done the exercise probably a dozen times this offseason. I will refrain from doing it again. But it's not good for Philly at all because they need him. They did sell, you know, in order to get him, they gave away pretty decent assets. And in order to retain him, he's still taking up 37, whatever, $38 million of their cap this year. They need James Harden or they need something serviceable back. So they are in a quandary. It is a clusterfuck. There is no right way here. And your question, I'll just answer it now. How do you bring him back? How do you play him? Simple as they need him. That's how, right? So like, if there, if there is a way to reconcile from this, which I'm on your side, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't. I would just like, let's, let's end this. Let's get it over with. But if there is going to be a reconciliation, it's out of necessity. And maybe it's somebody like Joel Embiid that says, can we just stop this fucking shit? And can you just play with us? Like, bro, like, what do we got to do? Can you can you just come play with me, please? For me, for me, the guy that you got a Rolex for when I want a MVP uh, and, and for 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 me, who got you all like the you know leading assist award last year? I think they actually get a trophy for the assist man. I think they, they send out a trophy still. Uh, but anyway, I think that's the only possibility. And I still will say the third and crazily most crazy option is firing Daryl Morey. And they just say, fuck it, we'll keep James Harden and we'll fire Daryl Morey. And we'll see if that bridge can be mended. But uh, yeah, I'm exhausted of this. I hope there's a resolution. I am too. But we have to to talk about it. And like, there's little things that would have... I was thinking about this yesterday. Like if, if I saw James Harden at the Rico workouts, like hooping with Norman and bones and like all these guys playing with us and like trying to build some kind of chemistry, uh, maybe I'd think a little differently about it. But as of right now, I just don't see how smart it would be for us as a core, as a team right now to like, just throw James Harden into the mix now. Right. When you got these two guys. And again, I know I've spoken about it so much and most people can give two shits about Bones Highland or Terrence, man. But when you're a Clipper fan, when you when you pay attention to all of this shit, these guys are young and good. And I I like both of them. And it seems like they are 
all in on this season and 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 what it's going to take from them individually and collectively to potentially win a championship which is what we're trying to do and i just think it's a bad look for us to bring harden in i'm over it at this point and i'm scraping that we're done talking about james harden i'm done until something happens whatever it is but everybody should understand that this guy is not with the team he is nowhere he's not even in the state He's at home waiting for people to coddle his balls and give him exactly what he wants. And we're not doing it. And shout out to the Clippers for sticking to their damn guns and not giving up Terrence Mann. Not 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 putting not doing what we're normally what we would normally do. Thank you, Sam Presti, for robbing our franchise. We're not doing that shit anymore. Moving on really quick. Um, more more stuff that was in the news is KPJ, like you called. Got wa- got waived by Houston or traded to to OKC by the Houston Rockets. Uh, Houston got back Oladipo again, right? He's played on Houston before, correct? He's up there for like he's <laughs> he's trying to catch uh, our guy Ish Smith and <laughs> and, and and Landry Shamit for the most traded award. It's hard to remember where he has and has not played. If I'm being fair, I don't think he's actually ever played in Houston. Though I think he has. It was OKC. Mm-hmm. Indiana, Orlando, Orlando mm-hmm. Miami, uh, Houston. I maybe, maybe. Should I, don't I know. fact check? I no clue. I have no clue if he's played for Houston. There's so many other teams he's played for. I'm gonna fact check right now while we're on the air. Uh, take over what we're what we were talking about with uh with uh, KPJ. Houston makes, uh, I think, you know, a pretty smart move here, getting Kevin Porter Jr. off of their books, out of their franchise, and they get Victor Oladipo, who unfortunately did have yet another injury at the back end of last year. Uh, They also got another player as a part of that who I can't quite recall who that second player was, and I think a couple second rounders. And, you know, when you said I called it, I just figured if there is going to be a team that raises their hand that says, uh, we need to get rid of this guy and we'll give you some draft picks. It's always going to be Sam Presti in Oklahoma City that raised their hand and say, oh, draft. did you say draft picks? We'll do that. Shit. Who do you want? Uh, a banged up Victor Oladipo who probably wouldn't be able to catch a minute this season on this team? Uh, sure. Yeah. We'll take those second rounders. And the number of draft picks under Presti's purview continues to grow. It's incredible. Uh, and, of course, the, the, the Thunder did – immediately wave or cut or whatever the terminology is uh, Kevin Porter Jr. after that. Uh, so not shocking news, uh, but well, the probably, shocking news probably is, a good, probably a good thing for the Rockets in the long run. Yeah. You got to get rid of him. It, it is a good move. The shocking thing is now the girl, the girlfriend came out and said that he never hit me. Uh, there was something weird that happened with her neck and Again, I we both were not there, but we did read the reports and see what she had said, and now she's backpedaling on everything. And to me, it just looks like a like a buyout. It looks like a complete buyout. Like there it was some kind of conversation. Like, look, if you if you go back and say say that this didn't happen, uh, either I'll pay or uh, you you know, because you my career's over if people think that I did this and. Ultimately, I think we all think he did this from every from the initial allegations to what happened to police getting called to now going back on it just sounds like it sounds really iffy to me. And that's shocking. And it's still sad uh, for for what happened to her. But I don't think there's any saving this one, man. Maybe in a couple years. I don't think it's happening this year. I don't think he's playing on an NBA team this year. 
Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Mario will knock on his door in six months when they still can't figure out the Harden thing and they need somebody to come in and play point guard alongside Tyrese Maxey. I mean, that's that's really all he can hope for right now. He's going to be fishing until that shit happens. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's still a potential, while I think a portion of the charges were dropped against him, there still remains other charges on the books. So I think he's not quite out of the weeds yet as far as legally and potentially with uh, you know some sort of criminal sentence. If if the ruling goes against him, uh, so I think he's definitely he should be not focused on basketball right now. All things all things considered, he should be focused on, uh, you know, what's going to happen to him in the next couple months here, and and potentially you know a really life altering moment beyond what this life altering moment was already for him. And look, you know, if uh, if the story continues to change, and and the and perhaps he was successful in you know, using some negotiating tactics and providing them with some funds to uh, help make these charges disappear, then we might see all the charges disappear. I mean, it's very possible that that's how this goes. Uh, But keeping it basketball and not going into conjecture, I hope justice is served all around and that eventually with redemption, Kevin Porter Jr. can make up for these actions and, and find a way back to the thing that you know, he loves and, and that may never be in the NBA. It may be somewhere overseas in China or elsewhere, but look, he's a talented man. And I, I, I don't know what to say here. I need more, I need more information uh, to, to, to pass judgment on whether or not I think he should be playing in the NBA again. Uh, we initially passed judgment based on the stories and the answer that we both had resoundingly was no, he shouldn't play in the NBA again. But now as the facts get potentially muddied, who the fuck knows? Uh, I just hope. Well, the fact is, you get cut by the Houston Rockets and you get cut by the OKC Thunder. So your value and and your your worth Correct. right now as a basketball player is probably zero. That's that's what we're going on. Well, it's of. definitely zero right now for sure. Right. Um. So I thought this would be fun. I know a lot of podcasts, a lot of the basketball guys out there are doing over unders. The numbers came out. Are they Vegas numbers, Drew? Yeah, I mean, whatever book, there's all these books that exist mm-hmm. in the world now, all these sports betting books. I mean, they could be anywhere. But Vegas usually sets the the the, the lines for these and are they tend to be uh the leaders for determining the over-unders that are available to to betters on all platforms. So instead of doing the whole every NBA team and the over-unders, which I just don't want to do, that's exhausting considering we just did our one question for every NBA team. Uh, on the last pod and the pod before, I asked Drew to pick out six inter- or five or six interesting ones that we could talk about that you found interesting that uh, we could bring up and talk about. So I want to yeah. hear what you got. So this is uh, kind of cool. The what the, I think I think it's kind of cool the way that I did this, but uh, I will just quickly read off the list of over unders from FanDuel Sports. These may have been updated from when I when I got these numbers, so they may be slightly different than what we're talking about. But it's at the time uh, over under. We're not going to talk about all these teams. I'm going to get to where we're going to talk about, but I'll start with the top. They have Boston at 54 and a half uh, as the over under for the number one overall ranked highest record in the NBA, followed by Denver, Milwaukee, Phoenix, and Cleveland. They have as Really, I mean, over 50 wins for Cleveland is a that's a pretty tremendous damn uh, outlook for the Cavaliers. I might consider hitting the under on the Cavs, just saying that. Uh, then Golden State, Miami, 
Sixers also would tag the under four based on everything we just talked about. Lakers, Clippers, Grizzlies are all over 40, uh, 45 wins. All those teams. Where I'm going to talk about is this really interesting part right after the Grizzlies and the Clippers where six teams, and then usually when this happens, that means they don't really know what how this is going to shake. So this is why I want to talk about these six teams. These six are at 44 and a half wins. And they are the Mavericks, the T-Wolves, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Knicks, and the Kings. Those six teams. And Clips, what I want to do mm-hmm. is I want to figure out of these six, who's because they're not all going to be at 45. Who's going over and who's going under? So let's start with my with my first of the six, the Dallas Mavericks. What do you think? Over or under? 44 and a half wins. Well, they were 38 and 44 last year. I think they got better. Like they got more. Actually, I don't know. Hold on. Let me think about this full season with Kyrie and Luca. Yes, you should. They should definitely be over 44 and a half. I will. I will go. Yes. For Dallas. I mean, you have to, it's time, Luca. It's freaking time. <laughs> so Cause 40, that was, that was absolutely. What you're talking about is 45 and 37 right. as their record, mm-hmm. and you think they can achieve that or better. They have to win seven more games than they did last year, and that pathetic ending to last season, you better have some kind of chip on your shoulder, and uh, Luka and Kyrie both. They they have enough talent between both of them to win seven more games than they did last year because they, they were trying to tank to hold that pick, man. So, yes, I'm I'm with 45 wins for the Dallas Mavericks, which is going to be hard in the Western Conference. It sounds weird, but – 45 is going to be hard. It is going to be a hard number. I think I think a really good season this year in the Western Conference is 50 wins. Yes. If you if you have achieved 50 wins in the Western Conference, you can pat yourself on the fucking back for a job well done. I'm going under because of what I just mentioned. They're not going to make 45 or more wins. They're not going to do that this year. It's going to be under. It's going to be close to 38 wins, in my opinion. We're going to be right around where they were last year, maybe 40 41, 42 wins. They could be 500. And again, with how uncompetitive the West is, 500 might be a fucking eight seed. Like it might be, you know, a seven seed. Uh, So they won't necessarily, I I still, I personally don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, But I'm going to go under on the maps. Next up, Minnesota Timberwolves. Over or under 44 and a half wins. All right, 42 and 40 last year. Man, uh, that's three more games they got to win. And Edwards coming off of the off of FIBA. They should, man. There's so much talent on the team. <laughs> they have so many like really good players on that basketball team. And it goes back to what we were talking about on the last show of like, would you grow up? Are they going to freaking grow up? Is Cat going to grow up? Have they worked together all year? Is Gobert going to be like, okay, I'll get every rebound and block every shot and not want to shoot shit? Is Cat going to still be the guy that thinks he's going to go down as one of the greatest big men ever? Like, is, is he, he going to be that guy? Or are you going to be jacking threes all the time? If they figure it out, Drew, they can be a really scary basketball team. So, shit, I mean, damn, all these teams can't go over 45. But, yeah, I think I'm, gonna, I'm fine with, 40, with Minnesota going 45. That's three more wins than last year. And Edwards himself can win three more games. So, yes, I'm going to go over 45. 
Yeah, this one's really good. I really like this 44 and a half number for the T-Wolves. And this one mm-hmm. really feels like it's right on the fucking nose. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it very could it could be 43, 44, 45, 46 kind of a season for them. And it really can be something as, uh, you know, tragic as a bad call from a referee at the end of the game that rewards the ball to the wrong team that causes mm-hmm. them to hit the 43 win instead of 45. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. It's razor, razor tight for me. This is a great number. I'm going to say under. Again, I'm leaning under for most of the Western Conference. I'm going to lean over for most of the East because there's more elbow room in the East. Uh, so because of that, I'm going under slightly. But I think 44 is a great a great number for the T-Wolves. That's a, that's a, a right on the money for me. So Clips has two over. Drew's two under. Okay. That's right. We're keeping it. I want to get an under. What's that? I want to get an under in here. Well, we'll see. They're all. They're, they're, I think these are all interesting. That's why I picked these six. Uh, next on the list, New Orleans Pelicans mm-hmm. over or under forty four and a half. Well, forty two and forty last year. Two yep. more with we got Zion. They were the most unstoppable team in the beginning of last year for three weeks. These guys were like the greatest assembled team ever. <laughs> People are like, are they the twenty fifteen Golden State Warriors or what? What's the deal? Uh, Man, I'm going to do it again. I believe in Zion. I believe if if they're healthy, yeah. they can definitely pull out three more wins. Uh, I'm Team Zion. I like their whole team, their collective team. Uh, I'm going to go once again. I'm going to go over. They can do it. They can <laughs> the, win 45 wins. The track record would say we have to smash the under here. We, the track record says they will not. They might get to 40 wins right. really fast and then – stub their toes all the way to the end of the finish line and finish with 43 wins. You know what I'm saying? Like they, it could be a season like that with the track record. I though am going to believe it's early days we're, yes. we're the first ball has not even been tip, tipped off yet for the regular season. We're going to be optimistic about Zion. I want to see him play all season long. So for that reason, we're going over. This is my first over. I think the Pelicans can get 45 wins they if they can get, enough playing time for just those two guys, Brandon Ingram, fucking Zion Williamson and CJ and Valanciunas will pitch in when they need to. Uh, I think they can do that. I really do. I think 45 to 47 wins uh, is where I would see the Pelicans finishing. At least I'm going to stick to that for now. Uh, Next on the list. And I don't know what you're going to do here because you've gone over for three straight. I have. You got to give an under for a couple of these. I don't. I don't have to. You don't have to. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh, but eventually the math does work where if you give overs to 15 teams, the other 15 have to be unders. That's how the you know works. But, uh, okay, Oklahoma City Thunder over or under 44 and a half wins. Well, we spent our whole episode on the last one <laughs> talking about how good Oklahoma City is going to be. And after watching them last night, they are they really are that good like they are they're a really good basketball team they got they have a lot of good talent on that squad yes um they were 40 and 42 last year um also like maybe us being so high on them maybe that's giving them a little too much juice look i'll do it for the sake of it i'll go i'll go under yeah i'll go under on oklahoma city even though I think they're going to have stretches where they're like, you know, they win six, seven, eight games in a row. But yeah, I'll go under. I'm going under, even though we expressed our love for OKC. <laughs> that with you know, speaking about all of that talent, 
it still is a lot of young talent on that team. Yes. So it's going to take some time. But I, I'm telling you, man, again, I know it's preseason, but there's this thing with Giddy and Chet that looked really nice. Really, yeah. really nice. And Giddy is an underrated. And I know basketball fans love Giddy, but he he's just really nice with the Rock. They have so many options on that team and so many people that can handle the ball. I, I, I really like the squad, but no, I don't think they're going to win 45 games. I'm going to go over on this because I do think Chet will really help this squad. And I think the shackles are fully off, right? Like, I think even last year they were like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to let these boys run? Are they going to let them play and like go out and win? And then at the, you know, eventually they were like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll let you guys loose. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to try and lose games anymore. And I think a whole season of that kind of mentality can be super impactful for this team that's ready. You know what I'm saying? I think they are ready. They're young, and, and certainly Chet is frail. Uh, but I think the presence of Chet and that new mindset, that they've they've started to build something there. They have a little bit of a culture now, right? And Shea is at the tip of the spear for them. So I'm going to go over. I don't like it. This is another one where this is this one feels really razor sharp, like 45, 44 wins feels good to me. But I'm going to go over because I think Shea is special, and I think Chet will help them tremendously kind of fill in the hole that they had in their in their lineup last year and also drew like if they are sniffing like greatness like say they they're they start great. off with a really great season like yeah. they still have all these assets they when we get into anybody. december right yeah. anybody that they want anybody yes. that's disgruntled that wants to get out brandon they can ingram get anything ingram oh oh Brandon Ingram oh. on the OKC Thunder? Oh, give me that. That's an over Love 45 it. for sure. I mean, as long as he's healthy. Uh, anyway, it, we'll we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But those are two those are two organizations that have a shit ton of assets That's that true. can get very creative mm-hmm. with picks. Uh, okay, next on the list, Sacramento Kings over under 44 and a half. They had 48 wins last year. I think mm-hmm. they take a I think they take a backseat this year. Mm-hmm. I do. I think, like we said on the last show, I think that was the sweetheart season. I think people weren't expecting them to do that. Um, the light, the beam was cool and cute, and you know the playoff run was nice. But you know, we there's just so much talent, so much freaking talent in the West right now. I'm looking at all these teams. Forty five wins for the Sacramento Kings. I I'm not seeing it. I think they could be right very close to there, like the 40, like you were saying, like the 42 to 44. Yeah. But that Pacific division, Pacific, right? I'm pretty yep. sure we're Pacific. Yeah, Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the easiest. So, you know, look, I'm going to go two in a row. I'm going to go under 45 for the Sacramento Kings. There you go. I'm also going under here. I mean, can they win 45 games? Absolutely. They, they certainly can. And they proved that last year. And they have almost virtually the same team. They lost a couple pieces here and there, but the the main components are still there, including the head coach. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go under. Again, I, I'm, I'm leaning under on the West. It's not going to be as easy for them. The West also last year was such a weird season for the West. At the top, it was strange with, with uh, the Grizzlies and Sacramento out to such a hot start, and the Pelicans were up there. I remember it was like Pelicans, Grizzlies, Kings were like one, two, three at the start of the season. And that was the craziest one, two, three I think I've ever seen in, in 20 years. Those are organizations that are not usually the top of the board that early. Uh, I think they capitalized on a moment. I think it was their moment. The light, the beam, you know, swept the nation. And I just don't think, I mean, look, if they regress 
to four wins less than that, that's still a pretty good season. It's good. I still think they're going to have a pretty good season. I just don't mm-hmm. think they're going to get 45. It's going to be tough. Well, you were saying the bar is going to be 50, you think? 50 for the elite teams? Because I'm looking at it, and yeah. there's only – what is it? There's one, two – there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams that only hit 50 wins or more last year. Yes. That's... Yeah. And I and look, there was there was moments you know, in very recent years where we had 60 win seasons. Yes. Very recently. 60 mm-hmm. win seasons. And it, mm-hmm. and it was almost like, you know, inevitably one or two teams would get to 60 wins. And part of the reason this is kind of out of left field, but part of the reason why I think we are ripe for expansion for two more teams is the depth of talent. We do not have uh, a whole lot of gaps. There's not there's not a lot of space between the top and the bottom, really, if you think about talent-wise. And especially at the tops of both of these conferences, it gets very congested uh, because there is a tremendous amount of talent spread throughout the league, and each team is continually getting better. Uh, and that just means that each team is harder to play. The easy wins are not the same easy wins that you once had in generations past. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be very similar to, uh, last year when in this regard. And I mean, look, I, I, I think if there is going to be a team that hits the 60 mark, it's going to be in the East, it's going to be Boston or Milwaukee, uh, that, that may able be able to hit that mark. I just think it's going to be too tough in the West. So if you are a Western conference team and you make 50 wins this year, you've had a fantastic season. That's kind of the way I feel about it. Uh, okay. Last and final at 44 and a half over under the New York Knicks. And I'm going to go first year clips. Oh, do I'm it. I'm going over. Going, going over 44. I am going over 44 and a half. The, the Knicks will have 45 or more wins during this regular season this year. It's it's really the New York Villanova Wildcats is really what we're dealing with here. And that team is not just any old, oh, it's so fun that they played college together once upon a time. They were winners at Villanova. This was a championship core. I think they're going to bring this mentality to Tibbs. And part of the reason that they all went after Jalen Brunson's teammates is because Jalen Brunson is now their best player. Uh, And all these guys know how to play uh, with Jalen Brunson. And all these guys know how to hustle. Every single one of these guys know how to hustle. They're Tibbs guys. And, and I, look, man, I, I, I've seen stranger things happen in professional sports, but uh, it wouldn't be shocking to me if the Knicks try to go after Mikhail Bridges to complete the group and just keep pulling more Villanova cats into this system because I think they have something here. And I also think I'm optimistic about the moves that they can make during the season. I'm optimistic about the level of defense that they play and how that can impact games and they can win games that are tight. Uh, with the defensive pressure that they have. So I'm going over for the Knicks clips. Optimistic, but uh, that one might come back to shoot me in the ass. But uh, that's my pick. I, I love it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you on that. I mean, they won 47 games last year, and everything you just said just sold me. And it, it doesn't matter if they win 47 or 55 games. They're going to lose in the playoffs yeah. at some point. It doesn't <laughs> matter. This, and I'm sorry to our to our guy, diehard Knicks. But like it just is what it is. There's still a couple players away from. That's why know, the Mikhail Bridges thing is so interesting. Yeah, but Mikhail, like he's got a home now. Like he's got a home in, in BK. I think the fun, the the, right. the yeah, they won't want to let him go. They won't. No, no. I think the better question is is like who's going to win more games, Brooklyn or the Knicks? Knicks? That would be a more fun. 
Well, I mean, Brooklyn was 45 and 37. Knicks were 47 and 35. I mean, I, I can't. They got actually. Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's at 38 yeah. or 39 over under for Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I think they can win more. I mean, right, I, but I think the Knicks will win more games overall between them. I think that definitely. I think that'd be a fun thing to discuss, though, because like it, 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 we saw what a couple Ben Simmons highlights, like we normally do. We're like, okay, well, we've oh, already discussed. You made it behind the back pass. Yeah. Whoa, look at that! Must be back. Oh my God, behind the back, Ben Simmons. Uh, yeah. Either way, Knicks, you know, should be a good should be a good year for them, but it's going to end the same way. <laughs> it's going to end the same way. They, they have- don't you think Knicks fans are saying that about Clippers? Oh, they hate it. Of course, dude. Look, man, let me let me just I, I want to say something quick going back to the Clippers. Okay. I just the, the the amount of disrespect that my boys get is just out of control. The amount of the, the, the fact that nobody's even talking about us. I like it a lot, but you're writing off Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I am telling you guys, you better fucking pay attention to what's going on with the Clippers this year. I see you laughing. I see you smirking. There's a chip on our shoulder. The fact that Russell Westbrook, shout out to our boy, Kenyon Martin. The fact that Russell Westbrook was ranked 94th as the best player in the NBA is absolutely disrespectful. Let's just, by, let's, just let's clarify. It was just ESPN, right? That was, that was the publication it's, that you're published. You're saying just ESPN. ESPN. I'm just saying there's like other the publications source. out there. I, I was saying, I'm just saying there's other publications out there that may have Russ higher, but it's important that we state who it okay. is that, that labeled him so incorrectly at 94. It's un- unbelievable. The amount of disrespect. I'm just going to sit back peacefully and watch Kawhi get fucking buckets on all of you cats. That's <laughs> all I'm it. saying. You can talk, all anybody I wants to it. bring up is is he going to play is he going to play okay. as of right i'm going into this season that Kawhi leonard is going to be the healthiest he's been in years paul george looks great russell Look, looks great anthony davis can play 82 games Kawhi leonard Kawhi leonard is going to play 82 games that's what we're going into the season with it's I optimism going- if if you're not optimistic about your team and your you. situation at this stage of the season why do you even watch if you're why already we- going in yes. like it's, and i i had this experience very recently with the russell westbrook uh, preseasons that we've had like in the off seasons two years with Russell Westbrook I was not excited it was difficult for me to get ramped up to do these shows <laughs> it really was it was it was a task because I was not looking forward to watching the product that we put on the court and that was really the first time in quite some time that I was that pessimistic and it was brutal and it's not fun we're optimistic here because it's the start of the season we can be downtrodden after whatever injuries or whatever else takes place but for right now, but not now. We're only going up. We're only going. No, up. and the way I look at it is, it's like, Lakers look, Clippers every, in the Western Conference Finals. Also, by the way, folks, that's what it's we've Lakers, been dreaming Clippers. for. It's what we've been dreaming for our whole podcast <laughs> fucking career is something like that. But look, the way I look at it is, everybody, I'm going to be the positive one. If none of you motherfuckers yes. are going to be positive, I'm going to be the guy. Why would I come into the season being like, oh well, you know, Kawhi if he would just play, and if Paul George doesn't get hurt, <laughs> yeah, everybody says that shit. <laughs> I'm going to say it now. We're going to be healthy as fuck and we're going to run amok in this NBA. Bones um, Highland is going to be on a shirt. That's what it, that's my slogan <laughs> for the year. I'm going to I'm going to hit up Ty Lue and let him know, bro. That's what we say. Fuck the uh, uh, uh I got next or we're up who's up next. Not yeah, that yeah. one. Not that one. I'm optimistic. Uh, I, I'm I'm very excited for this season. I cannot wait for this next one. Do you have a final thought, Drew? I know we were going to do like preseason picks. Do you still want to do them? Uh, oh, you're talking about um, uh, the awards, the preseason. Yeah. Like, we're, so look, I think we can hold off because that was a last minute throw in from, okay. from your boy over here. I was okay. just throwing in a curveball. 
but I think we should do that next pod. Okay. So so come back next week. <laughs> we'll analyze. It'll be after the first two games. We'll have the Warriors and Lakers and Suns and Nuggets all played. Mm-hmm. We'll give you our anal- our analysis, our breakdown of that, and then we'll give you our far too early, super super duper preseason, even though it's beginning of the season picks for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved head Coach, and the all important one. We got to predict who's going to win. And I, I think sometimes clips you're you are a politician when it comes to this. Uh, you 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 are very good at kind of skirting around predictions. So the reason I'm giving you this extension here is I want you to come with hard whoa, line. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait I a want minute. you to put your balls on the table like I'm going to put my balls on the table, and we have to be hard line on who we think the champion is going to be. I think you do a great job of picking your players for MVP. Give me context on this. In the past, you have not always loved the idea of trying to predict who's going to win the NBA championship because it's a lot of pressure and a lot can change in a given season. And I'm saying in the past, you've been very politician like in answering the question without really answering the question. I think it's, it's very impressive is what I'm trying to say. I've never told me that I've never heard this before. Well, it's not always, it's not always, but, but I, I, I do know this and I have, uh, it, it has taken place. So I'll give you plenty of time to make your decision, lock it in. And we'll live and die with it at the end of the year. Okay, I will do that for you. But this just popped up on on my phone right now, and it, I, I it's so hilarious. So the Miami Heat gave an injury report for injury report for tonight's game, right? Bleacher Report just posted this. Um, listen to how they designate these injuries, Drew. This is this is absolutely hilarious. Injury update: R.J. Hampton, hip; Tyler Hero, thigh; Caleb Martin, knee. Jaime Jaquez, groin. Jimmy Butler, return to competition conditioning. Nice. <laughs> and and Kevin Love, to round it off, allow others the opportunity to play. That's his injury report that the Heat <laughs> just released. <laughs> it's preseason for the reports, too. The reports oh, don't actually is, matter for preseason. Whatever. The people are getting, this is what's going to happen with load management. That was so funny. Allow others the opportunity to play. Let's get a final thought, Drew. Do we, do we have a final thought? Or was this going to be our group final thought? Uh, yes. I mean, look, we we briefly shared prior to recording what our final thoughts were. Mm-hmm. And they were the same. So uh, the news is Joel Embiid and potentially Terrence Mann as well. And along, Julius Randle. Along with Julius Randle, who's third on the list, obviously. Terrence Mann is a tremendous player. Better than Julius Randle. <laughs> hey, chill. Now you see, bro. Hold on. Hold on. They're all going to go be Skechers basketball players. They're going to have Skechers on their feet while they're playing basketball, which in the past was only reserved for 60 to 70-year-old people playing basketball and sketchers. So this is, it's a part of the new revolution for sketchers for sketchers. They are doing their best to try and get, you know, a carve out a piece of these, this massive sports landscape. And I think they're taking a page out of the new balance book, right? Let's be realistic. Reebok just signed Shaq as their director, uh, whatever basketball director of basketball operations or whatever the hell he was a great title for Shaq. Awesome person to do it. They got Allen Iverson in the building too, which is great. I think Skechers saw what New Balance did, and they bought a lot of players, Kawhi Leonard being one of them. 
New Balance, I've never, never, ever in my life seen anyone play in New Balance. Sneakers. Have you seen them in Skechers, bro? No, no. Never. I'm also, I'm, this is what I'm saying. This is what I think Skechers is stealing from New Balance. They saw what they did. New Balance got, got some funding up. They went out and they flashed the cash for some spectacular players and they got pretty big names, including Kawhi Leonard and Jack Harlow to rock New Balance. And I think Skechers is and doing Jamal the same Murray. thing. Yeah, no, there's, there's a list of guys that are on New Balance now. And I think Skechers is trying to do the same thing. Look, in in soccer, they went after the greatest English player uh, in, in, in the world at the moment. Harry Kane, who's a striker for Bayern Munich, very publicized, just moved to Germany after a long tenured career in North London at Tottenham. And he was, I think he signed a lifetime deal. It was not just like, hey, do you want to be wearing our shoes? I think Harry Kane signed a lifetime deal with Skechers. So it's not shocking for me to see the next move and the next phase in this rollout for Skechers. But it is pretty hilarious. And I have no clue what the shoes are going to look like or how they're going to hold up. But I do think Joel, Terrence, and Julius are all going to get a nice payday out of this. It just came out of left field for me. I'm like, I didn't even know they totally. were designing basketball shoes. And I guess it's been happening for a little while. Joel wore them at practice the other day or in the game the other day. They, he hasn't, they all haven't officially signed yet, but you, you're completely right. The only people I know that wear Skechers are my mother, right? Because they're comfortable shoes. And then people in the restaurant industry, because they make a damn good non-slip comfortable shoe. They do. I I have never worn Skechers in my life. I I know you're comparing it to New Balance, which is which is pretty fair. I'm comparing it too to like Puma and the thing that Puma made, you know, with Lamelo and with mm-hmm. Bagley and with DeAndre Ayton, and they made some really cool shoes. I'm sure I, I've worked in the shoe industry too. I know how hard it is. I was I worked for Brand Black forever. I know how hard it is to design really great shoes and to sell and to market shoes. You need you need people to market them. It was just so far out of left field. And I'm sorry, man. It's hard enough to wear a pair of New Balances. I don't see any Hoopers going like, yo, got to get those new T-Mans, those new Skecher T-Mans. Shout out to T-Man. Get your bread, bro. Get your bread. Get a deal. Whatever they're giving you, take it. But I'm sorry, dude. Any true Hooper, unless the shoes are absolutely fire, I don't see people rocking Skechers to hoop in, man. I, I don't want the air and beads, bro. I definitely don't want those. So I'll definitely look at the T-Mans, but I'm not trying to cop me a pair of Joel's processes. You know, I'm not trying to get those. The process, the processes, <laughs> the process ones. Um, <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know, I, I'm curious to see how the shoes will look. Mm. Uh, and look, man, Austin Reeves, Got a shoe deal from a brand that we weren't super familiar with. I don't know if anyone really was super familiar with the brand that I can't even name it right off the top of my head. I don't even remember the company name. Never heard of it before. So look, it's not uncommon, right? This is happening a lot more now than it ever was in the past. Players are using uh, their marketing capabilities to the best of their advantage. And Skechers, for all I know, can make a great shoe. Everything I've heard about the New Balance shoe is that it's really good. Mm. Kawhi's shoes are great. That's what I've heard. Uh, And I'm assuming Skechers wouldn't do this, wouldn't spend that money if they truly thought that they might be exposed by not making an actually good shoe. And look, based on what you're saying too, if you look at how great their shoes are, specific shoes, and maybe referees potentially around the world might also be rocking these sketchers all blacks uh mm-hmm. like they do in the restaurant industry 
if those have been so successful because of their design, my assumption is they're going to spend a lot of money on the design, build shoes specific for Joel, specific for T-Man and Julius. Orange Julius ones might be interesting for some folks. I love, I love that. Uh, but anyway, it is interesting. The, the one thing I'll say, too, is that Puma at least had a history. Puma had history right. in athletic shoes, uh, athletic wear from baseball, even into basketball in the 70s. Uh, and it just it's a shocker. I mean, look, the. I'm 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 gonna hold judgment until I yeah. see the shoes, uh, but based on the designs that are out there, uh, might be tough to win a lot of people over. Ba- also, you know, kind of piggybacking off of your comment as well. I don't well, see Andy. I don't see a whole lot of 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 uh, homies at the at the 24 hour fitness pulling up in the new Skechers, but I could be wrong. Bro, have you been in a Skechers show- store? When was the last time you were in like walked inside of a Skechers store? I never. Think the, I think the answer is zero times. Yeah, zero. I, say, I yeah, I don't think I have. I don't think I have. But I also think like you know what's weird is like why isn't Jokic the the face of Skechers? It like it the marriage of what Skechers is and what Jokic's game is seems so perfect to me. I just don't know why they wouldn't go out because I think Jokic is just like a Nike athlete. I'm pretty sure he's just like the Nike. Yeah. He's on the Nike brand deal, and that would have been incredible. You got to give props to Skechers for going out and getting the the reigning MVP, though. And again, it, nothing's yeah. written in stone yet. And Embiid's been an Under Armour guy for a minute now, so you have to, you know, you have to persuade them to come your way. And maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe it is going to be a great basketball shoe. I don't know. And but- Under Armour tied their wagon to Steph, mm-hmm. like fair, you know, as tight as can be. And they probably didn't have enough room to treat Joel the same way they treated Steph. So I get that. I totally get that. And I, I will be. Uh, that's now uh, you know game one of Joel and beat. I'll be. I'll be looking at his feet. What? What are you? What are you rocking? All right, we're gonna be back in a couple of days, yo. We got our NBA season starting in less than a week. Next time you hear from us, we're gonna have some games under our belt, and we will be one episode closer to that coveted three hundred. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. Championship's coming to L.A., baby. 